think the most important thing to understand is that it's totally expected that we're feeling these things. You know, objectively, if you look on a piece of paper and list out everything we're dealing with, it doesn't take long to come to the conclusion like, oh, yeah, this isn't us. It's not you, Sabrina, you know, feeling especially stressed and not able to handle it. It's because it's not handleable as humans. We are not designed to deal with this level of stress for this long. So self-compassion is really the big takeaway. And, you know, how gentle can we be with ourselves? How forgiving can we be with ourselves? How much slack can we cut ourselves? You know, I tell people don't expect to be able to operate at the same level as you were before. Decrease it by 10 or 20% and give yourself back that time to strengthen your well-being, to improve your recovery, right? We're all operating at a very high level of performance just to get out of bed and get through the day. Never mind practice medicine, homeschool our kids, do all the other things now that people... Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi guys, this is Sabrina. I'm your host for the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And today we are excitingly having Miss Christine O'Neill with us, and she is also a PA. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Sabrina. Awesome. So Christine is a executive coach, a clinician, and a longtime mindfulness practitioner. Christine is passionate about helping overwhelmed professionals learn how to make a difference while having a life by using value-based prioritization and neuroscience-informed self-coaching techniques. She specializes in professional burnout prevention and recovery and executive coaching for people-centered leaders. She has worked in healthcare for more than 30 years. Wow. <laughs> and gaining deep uh, experience in direct patient care, hospital leadership, nonprofit, and grassroots political advocacy. And fun fact, there we go. She recently <laughs> brought a camper van. Oh yeah, I seen it. And looks forward to visiting as many national and provisional parks in North America as possible. So yay, I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So me and Christine, we connected, I don't even know, like probably at least a year ago. And yeah. two of us, we actually didn't get connected because the similar things that we're doing. And we just wanted to support each other in the way of PAs and how you're able to branch out. And that's the major thing I think most of us are doing is when we connect, 
when we collaborate and when you compound each other's knowledge and time together, something amazing is happening. I know last time I talked to her, she's also a president for the Vermont PA Association. And I was someone who has been going to medical conferences to give talks. And so we even thought about potentially doing something together. But then, of course, COVID hits us and things has been taking a different direction. But I'm so exciting for her to be here because she has been a leader in leading PAs and MPs and really making changes in how can we not be so bogged down by the things around us, but able to overcome these exhaustion. And especially the pandemic has been putting us in even tougher spot than what we already been experiencing on a daily basis. So Christine, carry away. Please tell us more about yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. So yeah, I have been in healthcare for a little over 30 years, which is hard to believe, but I've been a PA for almost 20. And I think for many of your listeners who are healthcare providers, we go into healthcare because we want to help. We want to improve other people's lives. And we really go in for altruistic reasons. And we work really hard to get our degree, to get where we're going. You know, certainly as a PA, pre-education is very extensive. The education is very intensive. If one goes to medical school and does a residency, it's even longer. So there's a big investment of time, energy, and, and life, really, toward this thing that for many of us is a calling. And I don't need to tell you, Sabrina, that rates of burnout amongst frontline healthcare providers are at an all-time high. And that was true even before the pandemic hit. So most of the research was showing that more than 50% of frontline healthcare providers were experiencing at least one symptom of burnout pre-pandemic. It's looking like those rates are much higher now. And, you know, it's not even in the frontline healthcare providers anymore. I think what the pandemic has really highlighted is that we're all at risk for burnout and severe exhaustion. And, you know, we're living at a time that is unlike any other time we've ever lived in. So whether or not you work in healthcare, work directly with the public, there has just been this coalescence of so many stressors in our world, right? So we have the pandemic, there's economic uncertainty in the U.S. There's presidential election in 19 days. There has been social unrest. There's been a breakdown in civil discourse. I think many of us have stressors in our relationships with friends and family that we didn't used to have. If we have kids in school, there's been an enormous amount of disruption around education and what that means, and if kids are going to school in person or from home, and then what you know, who stays home with the kids, this is just an unprecedented level of stress. People are losing their jobs. And I think we're both PAs. We've heard for years that we have the most recession-proof job out there. And unfortunately, what the current pandemic is showing us is that's not entirely true. There have been people who have been furloughed and even laid off. So what do we do, right? I came into my work after having, I've been a coach now for um, almost two years, but I experienced burnout multiple times throughout my own career. And I know that that's something that you've experienced as well. And that's the work that you now do. So I'm just curious also what you're seeing with the people that you help. Have you seen rates increase? For sure. So there's a recent study by Medscape actually study on professionals. They actually only pulled on physicians and, but there's the multiple nations between Europe here, Asia. What they found specifically for the U.S. is that we know 
burnout rate before pandemic is about at least forty percent. Now they're seeing sixty four percent of burnout rate, or at least I have shown with the experience and symptoms. Now on top of that, less than fifty percent. In the U.S., actually, about only 44% of healthcare organizations have program and support for us with stress management. Now we have upsurge, and how come we're not getting the support we want? And the other way is for you to actually tap into how can you leverage additional resources. There are coaching, there are free resource. Right, my podcast is not really specifically on stress and burned out, but how can we leverage our resources and tap into the genius within us to elevate to become that peak performer that we want and able to have both. Right, you don't need to compromise being a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life.、Right. But if we are not having the basic building block to manage your energy, manage your emotion, and the way that you control your attitudes, and then really quickly changing, be able to put yourself in the best physical state, and of course, nothing else that you're interested or passionate in, you're actually able to carry those out. So, as you're saying, yes, there is a huge upsurge, right? By data, and then also personally, I recently for PA Week、I、also talked to other professional. Yes, there are areas people have to pivot; they have to go to telemedicine, or they're forced to furlough, or just altogether lost their job. Even my friends in ER, you thinking there's gonna be a upsurge of patient going to these ER facility, yet they're still losing because hospital are running as what. ROI, right? What's、mm-hmm. the return on investment? If they wanted to cut costs because everything is more tough, then it means the staff. Where we thought medicine is something that are so strong, right? We won't lose job because everyone is sick. But that's not it. We have to place ourselves into a position, not just searching for another job title, but a community that allow you to accelerate. Well, I completely agree with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. It's sort of it's counterintuitive. We would think that we need more and more people helping on the front line. Because I'm also an executive coach and I do work with healthcare leaders and have experience as a hospital administrator. You know, I think that one of the things that's so challenging for those of us who work on the front line who don't really know what goes on behind the curtain, if you will, is that you know healthcare is a business in this country, and most of the organizations that We work for as clinicians. We're facing economic challenges even before the pandemic hit, and then suddenly you stop doing all your elective procedures and your source of revenue plummets. It's very difficult to keep the doors open and the lights on. And I think some organizations were really starting to move the needle on employee health and employee stress, you know, management and different types of programs and offerings that did support the well-being of、uh, healthcare providers. And of course, now with you know hospitals having been losing millions of dollars, it's easy to imagine that those programs may be some of the ones that are on the chopping block. Which, of course, you know, you and I would probably agree is exactly the opposite of what's necessary. Given the additional stressors that people who are in medicine are facing right now, there are no easy answers. I think that you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the fact that we have to look inward. You know what I talk to my clients about are there's so much externally that's outside of our control that we have no ability to really make an impact on. The only thing that we can control is what's inside us. And so, whether that's the drivers of high performance, such as adequate rest, adequate nutrition, getting enough physical exercise, maintaining our health, our social connections, our financial health—all of those things that we have control over. 
where I really see big shifts happening in my clients and where they happened in me when I was recovering from burnout were my thoughts, right? So it was what was going on inside my head. And because our thoughts create our reality. And so that's why the coaching that I do with my clients and the self-coaching techniques that I teach them involve looking, you know, really honestly and really critically at what's going on in our heads and understanding, you know, what part is the logical prefrontal cortex where our executive thinking and judgment happens versus our limbic system or our lizard brain, the more primitive part of our brain that's emotion and reaction whose only job now is to keep us alive. And when we're facing the kinds of external stress and existential crisis that we are living under right now in our world, we're constantly on high alert. And so, you know, what I really want folks to understand is that we're all kind of like a DEFCON 10 all the time. Like before the pandemic hit and all the other stressors that I was talking about hit, you know, we were all living with a certain amount of stress. But if you think about us, you know, a one to 10 scale, we would kind of go up and down that scale depending on what stressors we were dealing with. And most of us, you know, have cultivated enough resilience that we're able to kind of bring ourselves down from a high level of, of seven, say, if you have a fight with your boss or a disagreement with a kid or something like that, we can bring ourselves back down to a one or two where we can manage. Right now, we're all kind of up at an eight. And there's been a lot written right now about the fact that we have impaired surge capacity. So our ability to surge and manage stress and then come back down to a healthy baseline has been really negatively impacted by the amount of stress we're all living with. So that's one really important thing to understand. You know, people are saying like, I don't understand why I'm so exhausted. I don't understand why I don't have any focus, why my productivity has tanked. I sit, there's no way I can accomplish over the course of a typical workday what I am used to doing without it having a really negative impact on me. And part of it is that impaired surge reaction that we just don't have the ability to mount the same kind of response because our adrenal glands are constantly pumping out adrenaline, right? So we have cortisol and adrenaline, which are the two stress hormones that in small doses are very useful and allow us to rise to challenges and be successful. But at constant elevated levels that most of us are living with right now, it becomes very unhealthy. And we start to see anxiety. We start to see insomnia. It can impair our immune function, which is not what we want right now. You know, we all want to have very strong immune systems. So that's one of the big take homes is, yeah, it's not that you are a failure. It's not that you're weak. Right now, we are all just dealing with too much. You know, the other really interesting phenomena that the pandemic have brought, especially to those of us working in the front line, and I think I mentioned to you that I did go back to clinical practice in March to my emergency department at my local academic medical center where I used to work, where I had the ability to, to help with the frontline response to the peak in COVID cases that we had at that time. And even going in as someone who knows a lot about burnout and knows a lot about stress management and is a coach and is trained to understand the brain. I found myself really struggling with anxiety and I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense, Christine. Like, you you know, you're the one who's supposed to be helping people with this. Why are you freaking out? And so I did what I always do as a good little scientist. I did some research and I uncovered a few interesting things. So there's something called anticipatory grief. Early on in the pandemic, we were hearing reports from China and from Italy, and the reports were really scary, right? We didn't understand a lot about the virus, about the clinical course. Do you use steroids or don't you use steroids? People were seeming like they were getting better and all of a sudden they're crashing. 
providers were getting sick and dying. There was just so much we didn't know. There was this sense of anticipatory grief, like terrible things are going to happen, but they haven't happened yet. You know, we, we watch the rates go up every day. We watch the COVID counts in our state and think about what did that mean for who was going to be coming in through the ER? That's incredibly stressful. And there's another phenomenon called pre-traumatic stress. So this has been described in soldiers, so in military personnel who are pre-deployment and about to be going out to, you know, deployed in the battlefield, they would actually exhibit some of the same symptoms that people with post-traumatic stress, intrusive thoughts, perseveration, sleep disruption, heightened startle response. And we were seeing that in medical personnel on the front line as well. It can be very helpful to understand what's happening when you feel like you're losing your mind. There actually are really good reasons why these symptoms are happening to us. And then finally, there's the concept of ambiguous loss. So right now, there are a lot of intangible things that we no longer have or that have changed significantly. So relationships, seeing our friends, going out to dinner, hugging our loved ones, having more of a sense of certainty about what the future holds. We no longer have those things So we're actually grieving them. But the problem is it's not a tangible loss like a pet or a loved one. It's more of a squishy concept, right? But the thing is that we still experience those same feelings and emotions. And if we don't understand what's going on with us, we can internalize that and judge ourselves as being failures at life, a failure at adulting, when in fact, it makes a lot of sense that we're feeling those things. And so what do we do about it? Well, I think the most important thing to understand is that it's totally expected that we're feeling these things. You know, Objectively, if you look on a piece of paper and list out everything we're dealing with, It doesn't take long to come to the conclusion like, oh, yeah, this isn't us. It's not you, Sabrina, you know, feeling especially stressed and not able to handle it. It's because it's not handleable as humans. We are not designed to deal with this level of stress for this long. So self-compassion is really the big takeaway. And, you know, how gentle can we be with ourselves? How forgiving can we be with ourselves? How much slack can we cut ourselves? You know, I tell people don't expect to be able to operate at the same level as you were before. Decrease it by 10 or 20% and give yourself back that time to strengthen your well being, to improve your recovery, right? We're all operating at a very high level of performance just to get out of bed and get through the day. Never mind practice medicine, homeschool our kids, do all the other things now that people are having to do that they didn't have to before on top of what was an already very stressful existence pre-pandemic. So learn to say no. That's the other thing is get really good at drawing boundaries. And, you know, I have my clients do an exercise whereby they get really clear about what's important to them. Because the only way to really find well-being is to have our intentions and our actions in alignment. That's perfect. And that's exactly what it is. Just like what Christine said, despite how much you think you have the resources and knowledge as herself, she's already a coach, she's being leadership, you can still feel that anxiety, that sorrow, because sometimes these burned out are not actually burned out. They are what's called moral injuries. Yeah. Just like these troops, they go out to fight war for us, protect our country, protect our citizens. But when they came out, They thought, I have this great mission, but when they are actually on site, they have to make these judgment calls, right? Do you really 
have to harm a younger child or someone who's looking that they're elderly, they're weak, or do they really have alternative motive? When you're making these judgment calls, take it back for today, especially in the beginning of March, when there's a huge upsurge of the first wave that so many people have to be in intensive care where we were worried about, oh, what if we're getting infected ourselves? Do we have enough vent to cover all the patients? Who's going to make the call to the family who's not even able to be at bedside when patient pass? These are moral injury. They're actually different from PTSD or burnout because these are the emotions that you feel feel sorrow, that you have alienation, that you have grief and regret, right? And pivot yourself into, it's actually a part of the decision and thought process that put us down. It's not us. It's not that we're stuck in something. We need to give ourselves the room to be okay, to feel the emotions, just like your own family have passed away. And it's okay to not put up the front to be someone who's always a superstar in life. And that's not realistic. We're not built to be Superman and superwomen. And we're built to be human, to be the unique us, to show who we are. And it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you lost control. It just simply makes you real, make you relatable. And it's so true that Christine said, figure out what's important to you. What I always say is that you have to say no to almost everything. So then you can say, heck yes, do the only <laughs> things that truly matter to you. So we can realign, right? And self-reflection is such a key. Now, both of us have tapped into. So I ask all my speakers, despite how much expert you are, we are not experts in every single area of our life. So I ask them to take a holistic life assessment what I call find out your number one killer in not being able to maintain that harmony in life and work. So then we can leverage our strength and really looking at what are some of the hidden roadblocks. So Christine, when you took that assessment, saw your result, what was your impression? Anything you would change? Oh, certainly things I would change. I was not at all surprised. I mean, the answer was really clear. So health, and fitness is was the lowest for me. The others were pretty good. You know, I was pretty happy. I mean, I've cultivated the life that I want. It's been a hard fight and I've gotten to where I want to be. But it's true, like I'm 50. I'm starting to develop a few of the annoying things that come along with being alive for five decades. It's been very difficult now that I work from home to motivate to exercise. You know, that combined with your quarantine requirements and, you know, not wanting to expose myself or people outside. So I have, you know, not being able to go to the gym. I do live in Vermont, which is a beautiful state and it was a beautiful summer. And so I tried to get out walking as much as possible, but I need to exercise more. And even though I eat fairly well, I definitely was self-medicating some of my anxiety with foods. They're not fruits and vegetables, let's be honest. So those are definitely areas for improvement. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I did a, a separate podcast episode specifically on sugar craving, where it's mm -hmm. not the sugar that we're craving, it's the result that we want, it's the thinking that we can reduce the anxiety or thinking we can be happier right. because that surge. Or simply, if I'm eating ice cream, this is my time, nobody bother me. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the act, it's the result. And that's what happens in life in general. So I so appreciate that you're sharing all your knowledge with us. I know for anybody who really wanted to reach out to you, how would they find you? 
Yeah, thanks. So, well, I have, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I also have a website and I have a list. I send out a pretty short and tactical weekly newsletter where I talk about this kind of topic and different ways that we can take care of ourselves during these challenging times. My website is christineoneal.co and you can find me there. You can also sign up for the exercise that I was mentioning where you really take a good look at how you're living your life versus how you really want to be looking and if you're in alignment or not and some steps toward what you can do. And I also offer free consultations for people who are struggling with moral injury, overwhelm, who want to talk about you know different solutions for how they can improve that in their lives. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing and for being so generous. For everyone, if you love this episode, please let us know and give us a review on iTunes. And then just let us know what additional topics that you would love to hear and share. Because I know all of these topics are so pertinent in our life. You might not be in a spot where you're feeling overly stressed or burned out, but you might have felt the emotions that we talked about feeling like you're being overworked. You are unsure about how you're able to maintain both the career that you're driving toward and be safe and secure with the family. So sharing and everyone can really grow together because you're kind act. And for anybody who also wanted to take the assessment that our speakers are being taking, to find out your number one killer in that something's preventing you from having that life that you want, go to sabrinarombach.com forward slash assessment. Thank you. We appreciate you. Have a beautiful Thursday. Bye, guys. All right, my friend. How did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.